my brain is in a thousand different places. I'm thinking about, okay, when was the last time did we ever have a sort of racist issue uh, you know, publicly happen in the CrossFit space? What, what's going on with this Greg thing? Like, who do I text? How many people can I have conversations with at once? At, you know, my, my phone's blowing up. My inbox is blowing up because people are like, why haven't you said anything? It's like, what do you want me to say? You know what the story already is. I'm not going to bring anything to the table if I just like off the cuff throw something out there. So it takes, it takes so much time to have a turnaround. And when all of this is jam-packed, Altogether, you you almost risk as like a media person, as a creator, you almost risk losing the uh, losing the race. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by Barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to independent video blogger Armin Hammer. Armin has worn a lot of hats around the CrossFit community. Athlete, affiliate owner, writer, vlogger, you name it. And his relationship with CrossFit HQ has been colorful, to say the least. Years ago, Armin, who was attending as a blogger and spectator, was removed from the CrossFit Games by event staff. More recently, he's built close friendships with people inside CrossFit's leadership, and his videos and social media posts about goings-on inside the CrossFit community are some of the most popular content in the space. He's also broken and confirmed some massive news stories, including the announcement that Greg Glassman would be retiring as CrossFit's CEO. We actually recorded this podcast just one day after that became public knowledge. Also, I want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. I'd also recommend subscribing to the Barbend newsletter to stay up to date on all things strength. Just go to barbend.com slash newsletter to become the smartest person in your gym today. Now let's get to it. Armin Hammer, thanks so much for joining us. I've been following your work for a long time. The, the Wadcast podcast. I knew you as the, the naked CrossFitter for a while. Was that correct? Old school. Old That's school. A long time ago. Why were, why were you the naked CrossFitter? I don't think you were actually <laughs> naked working out most of the time. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I don't think anybody would want that. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I basically had a blog way back in the day that started probably around 2010. And it was just like a training log and sort of like a diary. Honestly, I was in college or I was getting just out getting out of college and I was like, you know, super angsty college kid, just fitness. Yeah. It was great. Was that your, Uh, was that your live journal phase? It was like that. It was exactly like that. Yeah. It was exactly like that. It was like, I was one step away from having like a GeoCities page with a custom cursor, you know, it was really, it wasn't great. But I, uh, I, you know, I got over that phase, right? And I had this blog, and uh, my brother and I had opened a CrossFit gym in 2011, and we had a coach who had been doing this weekly blog um, for their old clients and their old gym for years. I mean, he had been hitting; he had just been consistently publishing for a long time, and we did a daily blog on our site, so we were always writing something like five days a week, we would have something along with the published workout of the day. But that coach encouraged me to kind of start my own thing. And I was like, well, I have this old one. I don't like what it's called right now. I'll just change it up. And I changed it to the Naked CrossFitter. 
And the idea was, if you remember, Jamie Oliver had a show called The Naked yeah. Chef. And the, you know, his whole concept was we'll, you know, we'll tear it down until it's like it's it's base most most simple concepts and make it interesting that way. So that's where the naked crossers started from. And it very quickly became a way of me just kind of poking fun at the dumb stuff that we all do on a regular basis. You know, like the the things that make meme pages right now. That's basically what I was talking about for the first like year that I had that blog. This was the, I mean, the name is like pre-clickbait clickbait. Like yeah. it just it just works out so well. It probably did a lot better just because of that of that name. The Nate wait, the naked crossfitter. Do I want to see this? Yeah, yeah. And this was, I mean, CrossFit was still a very uh, you know, very much in its like booming phase at that point. And so I and I still have the Facebook page for it. I think now it's called like the Naked X Fitter or something. And I still get people who like that page. I haven't posted anything on it in eight years or nine years. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. So I want to talk about your relationship with CrossFit HQ because before, okay, so so background on me, and I should probably give this as like a disclosure on the podcast. I have like written, I years ago wrote for CrossFit HQ and was compensated for doing so. So if there's a conflict of interest, it ended a long time. It was like a long time ago, but I should, I should say that, right? But your relationship with CrossFit HQ has been uh, interesting, I think, to say the least. There was a period where um, I think you were like... Sh- I think the internet term would be shadow banned from the CrossFit games. You kind of pissed yeah. off the wrong people or, or said some things. But these days, you're, you're very much within the community. You're breaking news. You're doing a, a lot of really cool work. Tell us about the point in the relationship that like, wasn't so amazing between you and HQ. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say the lowest, sort of like the low point of my relationship with HQ was an era. <laughs> <laughs> And it basically started in 2012. Uh, so in 2012, a few things happened very quickly back to back. I mean, not very quickly in terms of like nowadays, what means very quickly, very quickly or like over the course of several months, essentially. Which, which was fast back then. Now which we're going to get off. We're going to get off this recording and like the news landscape is going to be completely changed. We're going to be playing I'm almost catch up. Scared. Honestly, I'm almost scared at this point over this over the past, like, week or so, every time I've recorded something while I've recorded it, something earth shattering has occurred. That is like that it just makes me throw away the thing I just created. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of concerned. But either way, so 2012, some, uh, a series of things happened. Uh, first off, CrossFit decided to shut down um, a charity organization called Fight Gone Bad. And the decision behind that was Fight Gone Bad is an IP name owned by and trademarked by CrossFit. And they didn't want another company sending cease and desists to like, you know, people using the name Fight Gone Bad. And they didn't want another company using something that they owned for something that they weren't involved in. So they shut down this charity organization. And that is a huge bummer because it was something that you know it, it started in California it started in the box that I was a member of it had grown significantly it was doing a lot of really good things um, and I was upset about that right so I called CrossFit out on that that was part of it right that was the start of it and then the open in 2012 happened I don't know if you you're you're you know sort of ev- not everyone I guess is as big a like CrossFit nerd as as I am or maybe some some other people would be. So in 2012, the Open, it was just the second year that the Open had ever existed. And was it, wait, I mean, was it the second or was it the third? 2010, I think. 
2010 was still sanctional. Or That's second, right. You're really right. You're, sectionals. you're totally right. Yeah. So 2012 was like the second year that the Open ever existed. And, and the were, first workout... Yeah, there were five, there were five that week. Instead, that of, week. instead of six the previous year, which was instead just like... The previous year, okay. exactly. And so uh, the first workout was seven minutes of burpees. And I had just one like an uh, a competition that was like relatively large at that at that point so i was feeling very fit and very ready and i got buried on the leaderboard with 7 minutes of burpees i was not ready for 7 minutes of burpees and uh i i still have some issues with the fact that 7 minutes of burpees were programmed my biggest problem with it is the fact that you have 25,000 people participating or 40,000 people participating and the bell curve of scores is going to put you know, 99% of them within a handful of reps. And so what that ends up doing is it creates these unfortunate bottlenecks where you might have a score that's in the 99th percentile, but you get a thousand points for it. And so, you know, it's, it immediately knocks you out of the, the contention of making it to regionals unless you have exceptionally good scores. And it just didn't feel like it was the right move back then. I think they learned their lesson from that, by the way. And I want to say that part of my criticism, my very vocal and rude criticism back then is one of the things that taught them that they shouldn't do that again. But that was that was kind of another part of it. And then the sort of straw that broke the camel's back is I was very vocal about you know, the they had gotten rid of Fike on Bad and replaced it with CrossFit for Hope, which I thought was really lame. They had, you know, in my opinion, misprogrammed the opening workouts of the 2012 Open. And then at regionals, I had uh, requested like media passes and was denied. And so I just borrowed a media shirt from one of my friends who's doing uh, photography there so that I could go support my, my, uh, my friends who'd com- who had qualified to compete. And so I just wanted to go. I, I still bought tickets. I, I still even like paid to get in. I just wore the media shirt so I could go backstage and like help my friends and like take some pictures and post it on my blog. And in response to that, I basically got this letter that was like, "You're not allowed to call yourself a CrossFitter anymore. And you, you know, you if you show up to any of the events and you, and we see you doing anything sort of like you know shady, we're gonna kick you out." And I was like, "I don't think I did anything shady. I, I just took a couple pictures of like my friends in ice baths, basically. Like it wasn't anything." too important back then. But anyway, that happens. Cut to the 2012 CrossFit Games a few months later, and we're in the middle of recording a podcast on the Wadcast podcast, and uh, 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 Dale Sarin walks in with... Or Justin Berg walks in. Justin Berg, the GM of the CrossFit Games, walks in, and he's like, I'm looking for Arm and Hammer. Which one of you is Arm and Hammer? I was like, that's me. Like, what, what, what can I help you with? And he was like, you're not allowed to be here anymore. You got to get out. And him... And like five security guards literally escorted me off the property at the Home Depot Center in Carson, California. And I was like, this is awful. So that was, that was probably the peak of where everything was the worst. I'm going to say something that I, I hope doesn't upset you too much, Armin. You're a fit guy. You're not a small person, but five security guards. That seems a, li- <laughs> that seems a little excessive for you. It, don't, was don't- overkill. it was definitely overkill. It was definitely overkill. And you know, the, the worry. So like, you know, I can, I can take it. I was upset. I was certainly upset. And I called a bunch of people um, and I tried to explain, not, not to CrossFit, CrossFit didn't care, but I tried to explain to my friends like why I suddenly was you know, kicked out and what that means. And I did, I did a big post about it and I, I was really upset about it. 
But the thing that was most upsetting, the thing that I was most afraid of was this was back in the day where Greg Glassman would regularly, or at least the threat of him removing your affiliation was, mm. was in the air. It was something that he had done like recently, basically at that point. And so my brother and I had opened our affiliate in 2011. We were still relatively young. We were doing well. But the idea of sort of the wrath coming down on both of us for my behavior was something that I was really upset about. So I, I laid low. And it took probably, I'd say, five, maybe six years before that relationship was repaired in any meaningful way. Was there an olive branch extended from, from either party? Or was there a moment where you're like, okay, we're, if not like buddy-buddy again, but I, you're not like on the, for lack of a better yeah. term, the shit list. Yeah. So, you know, 2013, I think things changed for CrossFit. Uh, Anthos was a big storyline in 2013. So in 2013, Greg Glassman divorced his wife and they had 50-50 ownership of CrossFit. And his his ex-wife, Lauren, uh, was going to sell her 50% stake to uh, an investment group that was going to sort of transform CrossFit into more of a big box gym that was going to like require certain certifications and require that people wear uniforms and a certain type of shoe and this and that and whatever, right? It was going to try and standardize it and turn it more to like franchises. And so the Anthos thing eventually was resolved. Cross, uh, CrossFit, uh, Greg was able to buy that 50% share from Lauren and the Anthos uh, threat was sort of thrown out the window. And I think that was an eye-opening moment for CrossFit HQ. That a guy like me, who loves CrossFit, pays his affiliate fees, pays thousands of dollars to get certified and then you know renew certifications and get new certifications and attend seminars and stuff. A guy like me isn't a threat. I love this thing. I, I'm trying to defend it. I'm trying to you know grow it. I'm criticizing it from the inside because I, I love it so much, right? And so that was... I think eye-opening for them to realize that, hey, there actually are much bigger threats out here that are truly being a, 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 like an existential threat to what CrossFit stands for. So that got me off the sort of direct radar um, of CrossFit HQ, but it really was not until well like it was not until after the 2018 CrossFit Games that I rekindled any sort of meaningful relationship with HQ or its senior staff. And it wasn't until the 2019 CrossFit Games that I actually got face to face with Justin Berg again and sort of like cleared the air of that situation um, from, from being removed in 2012. What was that meeting like? Justin, someone, I mean, I've, I've had him again, full disclosure, we've had him on the Bar Band podcast. Um, my interactions with him have been. Have not involved security guards over the years. Let's <laughs> let's let's put it that way. Maybe I'm just not threatening to anyone. Maybe I should like I don't know, be more threatening or sneer more. But what was that? What was that conversation like? You know, Justin is. Um, I I actually like him. I like him. Uh, it, it's it's weird to say that because I harbored a grudge against him for so long because of that. But uh, the the strange sort of weird fiction, strange fiction of this whole situation is that. You know, Justin was essentially doing what he was told. He had no idea who I was or what I had done. He basically just had a name and was like, this guy has to go. And this is just another thing on my list that I don't want to deal with that I have to deal with this weekend. Um, 
the, the actual guy who was responsible for me like being cited, named, and removed, I was Russ Green. And I actually became close friends with Russ Green well before I repaired my relationship with the CrossFit HQ. Like Russ was kind of the the bridge that I actually was able to use to cross to to uh, repair that relationship. But I met uh, Justin Berg. We got face to face in 2019 at Madison. So I was uh, I was poking around. I was I was probably I was being a little like maybe a little a little over the line. I'm not going to say I was definitely breaking any rules, but I'm going to say I was a little over the line because I was in the parking lot at the, at the uh, 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 Alliance Center and uh, there was a, there's a back gate in the parking lot, if you don't know, for if, if CrossFit ever goes back to Madison for the games, there's a back gate in the parking lot that's they're, right in... You're going right, to have to close this loophole after this podcast comes out. Yeah. There's a back gate in the parking lot right next to where the Coliseum is, where they use to to sort of bring in and out all the you know major sort of like equipment and the people movers and like the machinery and stuff that they use to set up the CrossFit Games, um, at least on that end of the the park. And so I was looking for somewhere to record. I was like, okay, I'm, I, I'm it's the day before or two days before the games. I'm here. I want to do a little thing. Like, hey guys, I'm here. Here's what we're looking forward to. Here's what it's going to look like. And I saw the Coliseum. And I was like, this is perfect. Like. There's a break in the fence. I'm going to stand right at the break in the fence so the Coliseum is behind me. I'm going to have a great shot. It's going to look great. I'm so pumped. So I'm standing at that break in the fence. I wasn't inside. I wasn't like, I wasn't like, you know, breaking any rules and getting into the park where I shouldn't have been, which we had definitely been briefed on. But I was, I was standing there and I was like, all right, this is a perfect shot. And I'm recording like, Hey guys, it's Armin Hammer. I'm here in, in Madison for the Castle games. Blah, blah, blah. That's, that's my voice in my head, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it is what, that is what you sound like. And just to confirm that. No. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm doing my thing and I hear someone lay on their horn like just lay on their horn as I'm recording. And I was like, ah, like ruining my shot. What is going on? And I look and again, something maybe a lot of people don't know is that, you know, CrossFit develops corporate sponsorships to provide cars for their staff. And in 2019, it was Porsche. So I look over and I see like three Porsches parking in the shade, 200 feet away from me. And I was like, that's Justin. It, it immediately, I was like, I, that, "That's Justin." I, there's no doubt in my mind because who else is going to be here at this time of day in this entrance, coming to do whatever it is that they're trying to do? So I walked over to him, and he was like, "Hey, man, I'm just giving you a hard time. You having a good time out here? Uh, you know what's going on?" And we talked a little bit there, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I was like, Justin, before you go, do you remember, like in 2012?" He's like, "You know, it's funny you should mention that. Like, it just..." I have I had no idea who you were. I didn't even know what you were doing over there. I just I just really wanted to I just really wanted to get my like do my job so I could get back to doing what I was supposed to be doing. And you just happened to be the guy on my list. And he's like, it is what it is. Look at us now. So it, it, since then, Justin and I have had a lot of really good conversations. Um, shared a bunch of really good ideas. Uh, I I I I see sort of what he's up to these days, and I, and, I, and I'm interested to see what happens in the future with him. It, it there's a there's an undercurrent of like a WWE storyline here, uh, but but maybe with like a feel good at the end. Um, one thing that's been a little bit not feel good, and this podcast is coming out like a, probably a week after we record. Just so folks know, and, and Armin's very aware of this, the production timeline for these things it's never optimal, but things have been changing in the CrossFit community. We're recording this less than 24 hours after it was announced that Greg Glassman would be, would be retiring as CEO of CrossFit and Dave Castro would be stepping into the role 
of CEO. Has this been the most tumultuous time for CrossFit HQ in your in your association with CrossFit and the CrossFit community? Absolutely. Uh, there's there's no doubt in my mind. This is this is probably the most emotionally charged, like psychologically challenging and uh, transformative few days in CrossFit's history. It, it and I don't think it will be matched until CrossFit either just explodes into a supernova of insanity and like turns into dust or it takes over the world. Like I don't, I just don't see I don't see a future in which this weekend um, and what has happened in the past few days is eclipsed. I, I should ask and I think in, in media, we don't get asked this enough. We're asked to report. We're asked to give like a reaction and we're asked to connect the dots. What did this person say? What did this person say? What was the impact of that? You're someone who's clearly very passionate about the CrossFit community. I mean, you got tossed out of the games by, I, I assume, burly security guards. I don't know what they looked like, but I have an image in my head. Imagine the story, yeah, the story is they're super burly and very, very threatened by my physical presence. The, okay, that, that's, the official, that's the official story. Cool. <laughs> you were kicked out, and, but you love this so much that you continued paying certification fees, affiliate fees. It's like you were literally getting slapped on the wrist and then just handing over money, like in, in, in a quite literal sense. Your love for the community, it's clear. How are you holding up during all this personally? Yeah, that's a that is. Um, let's put it this way: I I have I don't know if I've ever been more stressed or anxious about something than this past weekend. It is. It has been. Uh, it has been a very very challenging few days because I have, for better or worse, I have really close relationships with. Every aspect of this story, the brands, the affiliates, the athletes, the regular CrossFitters, the day-to-day CrossFitters, Greg, the staff at CrossFit HQ, all of those relationships like color my experience of this. And on top of that, CrossFit for me has been this massively positive thing in my entire life. It has been a, one of the most defining portions of my entire life. I mean, I started doing CrossFit when I was 19 and I'm 31 now, right? So it's like, this has been a a part of what has made me into the human that I am today. And so it's, it's been really, really hard. Like, I mean, outside of, you know, health scares in my family and, you know, deaths in my family, this has been an incredibly stressful time. And it's like, it's only, by the way, it's only, it's only, amplified by what's happening in the rest of the world right now. The fact that we led up to this moment with months of, you know, people being forced out of their jobs with, you know, the the threat of this pandemic hanging over everybody with, you know, uh, the sort of unrest that comes with all of that shelter in place stuff. And on top of all of that, there's this insane like awakening of you know activism around you know the the sort of racial divide in the United States it's like everything is layered upon each other and because of that everything i feel is is amplified and i think a lot of people would probably agree with me that you know in a vacuum each one of those things individually would probably be acceptable or at least something easier to deal with but when you put it all together 
At least that's for me. I don't know. The the point for me that where it became so clear that this was such an impactful story to people, even outside of the CrossFit community, like main, mainstream press coverage, right? Um, not not even not even to speak of like mainstream fitness coverage. The what would normally be the biggest strength sports news of the year dropped on Thursday with the McLaren report looking into IWF corruption. It's something we've covered in depth on Barbend. It's something that I interviewed Phil Andrews uh, of USA Weightlifting. Like We had like an hour-long podcast about it. $10 million is missing from international weightlifting accounts, or at least unaccounted for. Widespread election corruption. At like the international level, the international governing body of an Olympic sport. And no one is paying attention to it relative to, I mean, some people are, of, of course, right? But relative yeah. to cro- what's happening with CrossFit, it's it's just been like an afterthought. And that would normally be the biggest strength sports story of the year in any other year. This past week has had individually a handful of stories that would themselves be the biggest story of at least the month, potentially of the entire year. One is that McLaren report. The last time that happened, it was the biggest story in the world because it was the uncovering of Russia's uh, doping in Sochi. And it led to Icarus and it led to like, it was it was pop culture. It turned the, the conversation international, right? So this happens, same people, but I love that they, I love that they had McLaren come in and, and do the same thing. It was like, you know, it was like Dick Pound and McLaren were like, you know what, bring the, bring the crew back together. Let's do this again, right? So like that to me was, was, so I saw that on Thursday and I was like, man, I'm going to have a, such a busy weekend. Like I usually don't talk about weightlifting, but it's also a world that I really care about. And it's also a world that CrossFitters care about. So yeah. I might as well like bring this up and talk about it. And it's just, it's just hugely impactful. Like the scope of it, the guy who'd been running the IWF for 40 years, 40 just, years. <laughs> the, the scope of it, even if you're not a fan of weightlifting, like it's a huge sporting story. You might've never touched a barbell in your life, but it's, it's worth a read. Right. It's the same reason why people care that, you know, FIFA is a corrupt organization, even if they don't care about soccer, right? And so, so that was this massive story that would have been, you know, world changing in a vacuum. Except it turns out, you know, this weekend is going to go even crazier. It was like Friday we saw this email exchange with Greg and uh, and an affiliate owner in in the in Washington State, I believe, yep. uh, come out, and that email exchange was like contentious. It was rude. It was like off the cuff. It was brutal. You know, he used like he's said stuff like, uh, uh, you know, this this quarantine has affected your mental health, and I'm ashamed of you. It's like really inflammatory I think, stuff. I, th- I believe the word "evil" was used. I think, yeah, uh, bordering on evil, like like you know, so really inflammatory stuff. And I was like, man, this is really adding to my work right now. <laughs> I, I have to talk about both these things. I little di- little did you know. Dude, even crazier, by the way, between all of that and, you know, with Greg tweeting on Saturday and that tweet turning into like this whole thing right now, there were two, there's an athlete who got outed for using the N word in a a CrossFit games athlete got outed for using the N word in a private text message group. And it's like, that would have been a massive story outside of all of this context. And suddenly it's just a drop in the bucket. It's almost like, okay, we have to talk about this, but so many other things are moving quickly and so many other things are so destructive so quickly that you you can't keep up as it's happening. I wasn't texting you in real time. I was texting with a lot of folks in the community and 
I, I should have I should have just reached out to you and and maybe we could have gotten a so like gotten a quorum together and told everyone to just pause. Give us a couple days to give us a couple days in the media to catch up. Don't do anything. Everyone, <laughs> everyone shut up and sit still for a few days. We have articles to write and videos to record and podcasts to put out. Come on, guys. Yeah, because you know the 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 work like what I do is a very specific type of commentary and and reporting. What I do is basically I'm going to take all of what's happening and I'm going to contextualize it so that you understand why it's going on, how it got to this point, what we could potentially look forward to in the future, and the important pieces of that. You know, I'm not going to I I editorialize a lot of what I do, but it takes a long time for me to condense all that information and bring all those pieces together. And when all of this stuff is going on at once, it is a brutal, a brutal time because my brain is in a thousand different places. I'm thinking about, okay, when was the last time did we ever have a sort of racist issue uh, you know, publicly happen in the CrossFit space? What, what's going on with this Greg thing? Like, Who do I text? How many people can I have conversations with at once? At, you know, my, my phone's blowing up. My inbox is blowing up because people are like, why haven't you said anything? It's like, what do you want me to say? You know what the story already is. I'm not going to bring anything to the table if I just like off the cuff throw something out there. So it takes, it takes so much time to have a turnaround. And when all of this is jam-packed, Altogether, you you almost risk as like a media person, as a creator, you almost risk losing the uh, losing the race yeah. right off the bat. Like I I've found myself reminding people, hey guys, it's just me. It takes me a second to think this through. This is what I'm providing you, and this is why it takes so long. Just give me a little bit of patience. And I think once you explain that, at least once I've explained that, people have been very understanding. And that. I think impacts how thankful, personally thankful I am for you to take the time to record this and talk to talk to us here at Barben today because it is such a tumultuous time. And actually, when we scheduled this recording a few days ago, it was before it was announced, before it was you know leaked, and you're one of the people who broke the news, right? That Greg yeah. Glassman was stepping down and Castro would be stepping up as CEO. It was before we knew that was coming, right? So can I be I th- honest with you? I drafted a hey, can we reschedule email? And I was like, oh no, no, no. Let's I can I, I know I can fit this in. Let's make this happen. Let's do it. I'm so thankful. I owe I owe you like your drink of choice next time we see each other because like <laughs> this is this is a crazy time. And I felt actually this morning I woke up, I felt bad. I was like, am I gonna like ruin Armin's life even more by taking some time of his today? <laughs> On, onto onto not a rosier subject, but but speaking of contextualizing, impacting, which is what a lot of the work you do is. It's like, okay, what could this mean, and what does it mean to you, the CrossFit, the everyday CrossFitter, weekend warrior? What does it mean to the elite athletes? Giving context, a lot has happened. The dust very much hasn't settled, and we have not seen the end of changes at CrossFit HQ. We just have different titles for for the people, and the same guy still owns the company, as far as we know, right now. Yeah. What do you think this means? And we'll break it down. I'll, I'll slice it. I'll slice it. What do you think this means for the 2020 CrossFit Games, which is coming up in less than two months? I think I think they're on a doomsday clock at this point. You know, it's it's minutes to midnight. They have basically the next week, maybe, to try and repair the relationships with the athletes and the sponsors mm-hmm. in order to try and pull off the 2020 games. It's it's potentially already too late. You know, I don't really know the internal workings at HQ 
right now because it's so everything is up in the air. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many people have resigned. I don't know how many people have left. I don't know how many of those people who have left were instrumental to making sure that the logistics of the CrossFit Games occurs. Um, and I don't know how many brands or athletes are happy with or satisfied by the move that they made, which is, you know, put Greg in back, back behind the curtain and put Dave up as the CEO. I don't know if that fixes things enough for, you know, even the brands, even if they do agree with it privately, I don't know if it fixes things enough publicly for them to be able to come out and say, all right, now we're going to keep supporting the games. And it's also worth noting the games is already, I don't want to say like on a, on a shoestring, but a lot was changing, moving it from Madison to, the ranch, basically because of the COVID-19 pandemic, still understanding that they had to get approval from the county. Like There was a lot that still needed to happen in order for the games to even occur in some form in person this year. You add this into the mix, and it certainly throws a wrench in matters and makes things unclear. I mean, do you think there's a reasonable chance the CrossFit Games won't happen in 2020? Yes, yes absolutely. I think, I think there's, there's definitely you know, a greater than zero possibility that we do not have a 2020 CrossFit Games. Um, if you look at the hurdles that they already had to try and get over, that was, to me, a non-zero possibility that they wouldn't be able to pull it off. This is, this is just throwing a wrench into the gears in a way that no one could have predicted. You know, you don't, we don't know how Monterey County is going to respond to this. You know, they might be feeling some sort of political pressure to not support the company until right. something happens, right? So they could just like either tie up the permits or or deny them. And that that's just that that's the end of it right there. So or, how, how do you deal with that? Or COVID cases could spike in or the county. COVID cases could spike and they they could say, hey, we can't allow you to have more than 50 people on at once instead of 300. And then how do you do it? Okay, well uh, the top five from the open get in and that's it. See you later, everybody. I don't know. I don't even know how you how you handle that. What do you think? What changes do you anticipate we will see? What further changes do you anticipate we'll see out of CrossFit HQ over the next week, few weeks, and maybe call it month, month and a half? I. And this is just a get. This is a guessing game. Very. I'm very much. I'm not putting Armin on the spot and being like, "Hey, give insider info. Say with a level of certainty." Yeah. This is just two guys kind of chatting what they think might happen. What I what I would like to see is some traditional corporate structure in place at CrossFit. Mm. I would like to see a board to whom the CEO would be accountable to. And right now, that's not the case. Right now, the only person that anyone's accountable to is Greg because Greg is the 100% owner of CrossFit. And that is a gigantic issue because realistically speaking, Greg is not fit to run a company of this size and magnitude. I mean, it's just not his forte. He's too volatile. He's too stubborn. He's too unpredictable. He's too contrarian. Those are the, those are the characteristics that made CrossFit successful, whether it's because of or in spite of those characteristics. His personality is what drove it to where it is right now. So if you look at it, you know, there has to be a change at some point. What that's actually going to look like in the next like month or so I honestly can't tell you. You know, with Dave as CEO, I don't think it resolves anything. I don't think it really puts the type of change that fixes the core issues with the business. The issues that CrossFit as a business was running into until this point, until all of this blew up with Greg, are still problems with Dave as CEO, the same way they would be problems with Greg as CEO. Mm. So 
those things aren't getting solved with Dave at the head. And until they make real moves to sort of shore up their training business, their uh, affiliate relationship and comms, until they shore those things up, everything else is up in the air. How does this change your goals in the CrossFit space as a content creator and as a member of the community? To me, and this is something I have to remind myself constantly, I am... I am accountable exclusively to the community. That's the only, those are the only people that I'm here to serve, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to agree with whatever the consensus of the community is, or the community is going to agree with what I have to say. My role isn't to be agreeable, just like it's not to be controversial. I'm not here to do one or the other for the sake of doing it. For me, my goal is is bringing a level of you know context and education to the conversation so that the conversation can move on in a meaningful way everyone in crossfit is talking about the topics that i talk about but not everyone has the uh, understanding and the relationships to color in those contexts and those different pieces of of conversation the way that i can and so my entire thing is I'm I, I'm just here for the community to have someone that like can provide them with context and information that they otherwise would not be getting. Therefore, the next time they go back to their gym and it's like warm ups and they're like, "Hey, did you hear about this happened? This happened? This happened?" And the other person is like, "Oh yeah, you know, I I heard X, Y, and Z is the reason why." And suddenly that that entire conversation is elevated. Everyone does better if everyone knows a little bit more about what's happening. So to me like you know I'm not accountable to CrossFit HQ. You know my relationship with them is positive right now, but it could turn sour in the future if I if I say something to disappoint them or or upset them, but that's not what I'm doing this for. I'm doing this because there's a need in the community for the conversation to be, you know, move forward in a meaningful way and elevated and I think I can do that. That is the perfect segue, the perfect segue, best I've ever heard to my final question, which is, Armin, where are the best places for people to keep up to date with what you're doing? Hell yeah. Uh, so I, I'm very easy to find Armin Hammer TV everywhere, just A-R-M-E-N Hammer TV. Uh, and that's on Instagram. My, my two biggest platforms are Instagram and YouTube. Um, I tweet every now and then, but mostly Twitter is for consumption. I try and like sort of catch up on things on Twitter. Generally speaking, if I'm putting something out, I'm going to be putting it out on Instagram and I'm going to be putting it out on my YouTube channel. So those are the best places to, to keep track of, of what I've got going on. Excellent. We'll link to those obviously in the, in the show notes and description. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, David. I appreciate it, man.